Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. First time in a long time, but it seems like just yesterday when we were side by side. Beast mode, no one's blocking our way. <laughs> These other guys tried it, but them man ain't got the skills of Braden and Davy, brazen and raging, bringing you the thrills and spills. Right here in full gear, about to blow up like TNT. Us man, they're too sweet. Brady, DVP, the BD elite. Right here in full gear, about to blow up like TNT. Us man, they're too sweet. Brady, DVP, the BD elite. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Braden Harrington here with Davey Portman for BD Elite. And we are currently live on Twitch. Yes, twitch.tv slash upnextpodcast. Hello, Twitch Room. Hello, Twitch Room. Yes, we are Braden and Davey, the BDE. We love to watch wrestling and talk about it. And, uh, of course, we're, we're your NXT friends, being up next and all. Friends. But, but uh, yeah, Wednesday nights, we can be your dynamates and talk all about some dynamite. But, uh, first of all, Davey, uh, hello. How are you? I'm I'm pretty good, yeah. I've had a nice couple of days. It's been my uh, my mum's birthday. Haven't been able to celebrate that for seven years, so I've been <laughs> treating her well. And yeah, went to the Spanish tapas yesterday, and went to see Dear Evan Hansen in the theatre, and then who got some? Ch- it's it's a show. Dear Evan Hansen uh, was was really good, and then today. Uh, what did I do? Yeah, we uh, we watched Encanto uh, on Disney Ooh. Plus. We don't fun. talk about Bruno. Now you know the hype yeah, of that song exactly. Um, and got some Chinese, and then watched Dynamite. So it was pretty good. Yeah, pretty good day. Right. And yesterday was gorgeous. Today was miserable, rained all day. But yesterday was like sixteen degrees here. It was lovely. Here in Toronto, it looked like the fog or the mist, like a Stephen King movie or novel. It still, mm. it still look. It looks like like uh, Gotham right now. Just. You know it's Spooky. bad when you can't see the tower, right? I can't like see it at all. Yeah, and we live right beside it. I can't see it. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it's, it's spooky. 
it's like they're and then randomly last night i'm recording uh, up next someone just decided to shoot fireworks off like near the 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 water and near our building as well so that was weird so i was like what's going on it was like we it was like late at night it was like near the end of the show so i was like damn just fireworks oh. going off Speaking of fireworks, I worked the BAFTA Awards on Sunday. So, oh, amazing. Uh, like, like we have TIFF in Toronto and then obviously the, the Oscars. The BAFTAs are, are pretty big in award season. So I was doing uh, COVID checks for pretty much like all the guests. And oh. um, we were divided two sides. You had the people doing like the cars, which was going to be more your like celebrities and stuff. Uh, so you they just wind down the window and they show their tests and all that. And then I had the kind of more pedestrian side, but everyone's still like super rich, super glammed up and everything. Um, and I kind of like, I went in, obviously you want to get the celebs, but I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm new here. You should probably give someone who's been here a long time, you know, Idris Elba, etc. But uh. it was cool. Like, so I was on the other side and was just kind of like checking out everyone's outfits as they're walking down. And if people had like, didn't realize they had to do a COVID test. I'd take them to the side and do a COVID test. But you mentioned fireworks. Suddenly I'm, I'm like, uh, like doing this, checking it. And I smell, you know, that it has that really distinctive smell, the fireworks. Yeah. And I'm smelling that. I'm like, what is that? And suddenly I see a load of police run and basically protesters like got on. I think they were protesting, like climate change and oil and that sort of thing. And obviously there's all these cameras. So um, they were leaning out windows of these buildings, letting off like flares and stuff and like jumped the barrier, got onto the red carpet and threw like paint everywhere. And uh, like people on the other people, I didn't see it. I just saw like kind of the reaction from it. Um, hmm. But yeah, some of the people I was working with who were the other side were like, legit thought like oh shit this is like a bomb or something just storming and running so that was pretty pretty nuts um so that meant they had to divert like all the cars so then everything was happening around my side as well like all those the cars with the celebs and stuff were coming uh past me but yeah it was pretty pretty fun day got to then um walk on the red carpet as i was leaving which did you get a photo what were you wearing tell me who you're wearing (laughs) <laughs> I was wearing all black. I looked very nice. smart, but just all black. Um, Good move. But there's a uh, a singer over here called Becky Hill, who I don't know if you've heard of her or not. I know mm. I haven't. My brother's like really into her. Um, she's pretty big over here. So as I'm walking on the uh, on the red carpet to kind of go back to finish my shift, I'm hearing like Becky, 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 and I turn around and I'm pretty much stood right next to her. As they're snapping away, I'm like, oh, shit, just photobomb this picture. So uh, you might So should I look up look pictures, up pictures of, of you? Maybe. If you look up pictures of Becky Hill on the red carpet for the BAFTAs, I might be there. Uh, maybe. Right. but Someone's you know, got to find you. One day I won't be working it. I'll be, I'll be getting my award, you know. That's right. Best, that's... best wrestling podcast award at the BAFTAs, or if that's a thing. It's not yeah, a well, thing. But uh, You know, if you believe you can achieve, my friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we just gotta just gotta keep talking about wrestling on podcasts, and you'll get mm. there <laughs> one, one day. day. One day. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, but you didn't yeah, get to hang. Good. You didn't get to to have a sesh with Idris. No, unfortunately not. No. The next James and, Bond. 
And then I worked, actually, I had quite a fun job yesterday. I worked this, uh, there's a makeup brand called Benefit. And there was this big, like, basically getting all their employees together for a bit of a party. So my job was just to wait at Euston Station and pick up all these makeup girls who are traveling in from, like, Liverpool and Manchester and stuff. Yeah. And get them onto a coach and then, like, have them driven back to the hotel where they're going to party all day. So they're all glammed up and a lot of them in London for the first time going like, oh my God, what's that? What's that? So I was just playing tour guide. Wow. To all these sounds like a hard job. Pretty girls. Yeah. It's, it's been okay, actually. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. It's all right. Did you have any Heinekens? Unfortunately not. No, no. no. I haven't right. had a Heineken for a while, to be honest. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's, you got to be in the mood. Yeah. I'd say. Uh, well, yeah, we uh, we missed you last night on Up Next. I had Sino filling in and Dickie Bird running the Twitch chat, so that's awesome. Uh, shout out, Dickie. Shout out, Sino. And uh, if you're listening, go uh, follow us on, on Twitch and on our YouTube and all that stuff. If you uh, listen to us during the day, we do have the video versions up where you, we just hang out and talk about wrestling. So go follow us on all that stuff. We appreciate it. And, uh, I mean, we recorded a bunch of shows this week. I mean, today we're going to talk about some Dynamite st patrick's day slam but we're in the the st patrick's day eve right now or mood if you will because we recorded a show today that's going to come out i'm going to put it up uh, probably just after this show uh, tonight but we did a review we did one last year davy we celebrated mm. the right way and we talked all about leprechaun well now we're going to talk about leprechaun 2 oh yeah you can tell how much we both love this franchise because a little spoiler for this review, both of us going, what the fuck happened in the first one? <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Aniston's there. I don't know. It's like, yeah. have you seen the first one? Yeah, we, we, we talked about it exactly a year ago, but, uh, yes, we're, we're back for part two and oh boy. Um, yeah, the leprechaun's I back. Yeah, happy St. Patrick's guys. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> can't wait. Warwick Davis. Yeah, we recorded it. It's a fun review. We talk all about leprechauns and uh, leprechauns and other forms of media and just Harry Houdini. <laughs> Harry Houdini for some reason. Yeah, yeah, we go all off on this. It was a pretty good show. So we're going to celebrate St. Patrick's Day on our Patreon there. Uh, go go check that out. We also did a show and up yours with Dickie Bird. It was totally uh, out of our wheelhouse. But if you want to hear us talk about uh, serious stuff, we did a up yours where Dickie chose Servant of the People, which is all about the show about the UK Ukrainian president who becomes president in the show, who is actually the president now, Zelensky. So this was a uh, quite a show as well. And the the. The show is up on YouTube for free with subtitles and everything, but uh, that was that was quite a chat. And uh, again, completely different from what we usually do, but I thought it was pretty good. So, uh, you want to hear us talk about uh, some some more serious topics? Mm. Uh, I guess you could say, but actually, still pretty lighthearted because that show was pretty funny. Uh, but that oh, was yeah. out there. Oh, I mean, best match ever. We did one because it's best March ever. Steiner Brothers. Absolutely. I mean, now we know how lit they were because we watched uh, a bunch of their their matches. So that is up there. And, the, the and have been getting quite a few recommendations since then as well. So uh, definitely want to kind of, I think, uh, go back and, and watch some more Steiners. But that was that was a really fun review. Um, yeah. And then we're, we're back with another What's Next that will be coming out this weekend. We've got two title matches to talk about. Dean Ambrose defending his US championship against Adrian Neville. And we have Bo Dallas defending the NXT Championship against Leo Kruger. 
But maybe the real main event is the number one contenders match for the NXT women's title. Summer Rae versus Emma dance contest. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was a pretty good episode as well. Back uh, another one of those retro NXT reviews. So all these podcasts, uh, we you always get two a week. And then if you sign up, you get these all the shows coming out in the month. But you get access to everything we've ever done, all the best matches ever, everything we've done uh, in that back catalog. And it's only five bucks, North Americans here, uh, proudly supported by Patreon. So go check us out if you like what you hear and you want to support the boys. Um, I was, I was going to say, I, we definitely talked about, uh, Razor Ramon last night with, with Sino, mm. C- but I know you're a big Razor fan. I don't think I know anyone who actually isn't a Razor or Scott Hall fan. So, uh, I know, I know we, we say AO quite a lot and I mentioned that last night, but what, what are your, any thoughts on, on, on the, the bad guy? Yeah. I mean, obviously very sad and, and, uh, I'll, I'm sure uh, you and Sino kind of said it all yesterday, but um, yeah, I think definitely would like to maybe next month pay our tribute the way we know best and perhaps put it out there to do a bit of a, a best match ever. We, we recently talked about the Sean, um, the Sean Razor ladder match from WrestleMania just last month. So that's kind of been quite fresh in, in our minds, but I'm sure there's other matches to look at as well. Like, um, I mean, their second ladder match, for example, and some of his stuff in Japan and WCW and, and things. So, um, yeah, it was, I was, uh, like thankful enough to the only hall of fame I ever went to was his induction. Whoa, no way. Uh, had a, had a great speech and obviously his, the work he's done with like Jake, the snake, um, and, and DDP, obviously, um, it, it's it's a shame. It's it's sixty three is no age. Like both of my parents are are older than that, and it's it's scary when that happens. And obviously, the guy has had a lot of problems in his past, like um, addictions and and things. But it's it's scary when you hear someone just goes in for like what should be a, a relatively simple operation, like a hip operation, and these complications can happen and. Uh, yeah, re- really sad, but it's it's always awesome when you see online and social media just how many like people um, like someone has touched, you know, like and made a good impression on. Even like someone like Tanahashi doing in the saying his thing during the New Japan Cup about Scott Hall, um, yeah. and for for being part of that clique which was so known as being, you know political backstage and holding other people down he didn't actually seem like i'm sure he was probably guilty of it as they all were (laughs) but he was actually quite giving as well like think um i mean obviously famously the one two three kids sean waltman and yeah um and even stuff like tanahashi the ddp win on wcw things like that like he helped make people you know so um and just a really cool fucking guy you know character yeah yeah the character stuff. yeah just like i always remember like the ao and people always telling me about this character and then the the video games even when i was a kid and wasn't even into wrestling like i still i knew who this guy was and then when i got into wrestling just like whoa this character so yeah man r.i.p definitely the wrestling it, it's it's uh obviously super sad but it is uh nice to see when the wrestling community comes together in like positive things like it's been 
positive and everyone's like kind of getting along because we're all like fans of this stuff and, mm. and stuff. I don't know. It was, it was, it, that was nice to see. Uh, but yeah, RIP. Um, uh, another weird story. What's the deal with, <laughs> what's the deal with MLW? Cause that, that stuff sounds hilarious. <laughs> so, I mean, this is something that's quite funny because I, the, so MLW is, is suing, uh, WW. I mean, I, I don't know the, the ins and outs, but suing WWE for, uh, basically being a monopoly, right. And kind of, um, right just buying everyone and and making like making tv stations kind of cancel stuff with them or or stuff like that like just holding other companies down and as evidence that wwe aren't doing that they provided an excerpt from the observer pointing out that AEW beat them for like 30 minutes one week proving that they can't be a monopoly because there's another game in town which is is quite funny because and i i know listening to uh to john and way that was something they kind of discussed once like i mean i wonder if that is something you in the past they've kind of like shied away from mentioning AEW at all and like ah they're they're doing their own thing we don't really talk about them but now it's like hey well no they are pretty good because it helps oh their defense yeah. but just just imagine like the observer being used in court. The whole thing just seems absolutely ridiculous. Wow. So, uh, I mean, what, whatever Meltzer says melts it. It's, it's true. It has mm. to be. It's gospel. Damn. Yeah. yeah what Bruce, we- Bruce Pritchard changing his tune. Cause he's always like Meltzer lies. Oh, he does right lies. <laughs> and he's like, no, no Meltzer. <laughs> wow. Truth. Truth. Yeah, I mean, that would be strange. the next thing. MLW just bring all the evidence of Bruce Pritchard saying how much of a liar Dave Meltzer is. Yeah, really weird. But it's The wrestling world is weird, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, also, happy 316 day today, people, because, yes, that is... Uh, I know WWE's always mad when they can't have a show on 316, but it, there was a few mentions of Stone Cold, I think, throughout the night tonight on AEW. Uh, mm. We should get into the show, then. Let's talk about some Dynamite. Let's do it. That happened from San Antonio, Texas. Is that right? San Antonio? Like it the home is, yeah. HBK? Uh, not quite the graveyards of Tijuana, right? That's where Thunder Rosa is supposed to be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we talk about AEW from March 16th, 2022. And we start off with a six-man tag team match that is happening here. Undisputed Era is what I'm calling them. Adam Cole and Red Dragon, meaning Kyle and Bobby, against the team of the AEW Tag Champs, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, Jurassic Express, and the AEW World Champion, Hangman Page. So uh, three-on-three, six-man here, trios match. We get uh, Hangman in control early on and fires back to everybody with like a cross-body combo and the, the Pascada thing to the outside. The crowd is super hot for the Cowboy here in Texas. And there's then Jungle Boy, who's looking impressive with his flying tope onto everyone on the outside. There's then a spot when all three uh, good guys... That would be a DQ at Control Your Narrative, wouldn't it? No, yeah, no do, tope suicidas. No tope suicidas. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, not on this show though. So there's then a crazy spot where all three guys here, Hangman and Jurassic Express, do simultaneous moonsault spots onto the other three guys in different parts, all from the same 
like turnbuckle. This, yeah. this look, the visual it was, was pretty Yeah, it was, uh, I think, so Hangman does his Urihara off the top. And yeah, I the think Urihara. Jungle Boy maybe did a, I think he did like a springboard moonsault and uh, Luchasaurus just off the apron and looked looked awesome. Yeah, it looked pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we get Undisputed Era, which I'm still calling them that, beat down on Jungle Boy and Jurassic Express during Picture in Picture. When we come back in, Luchasaurus is in, but he hits some choke slams and a moonsault. And then they hit this, like, they go, sorry, they go for the Doomsday device, but it's countered in midair by a super kick from Adam Cole. There's then knee bar by Kyle on Luchasaurus. Fish is in, and there's a, a bunch of pinning attempts and breakups and then Cole and Paige are face to face and they start going at it the crowd is hot here and there there's so many different sequences between the two but then all six guys are in the ring countering each other's uh, mainstay moves when Luchasaurus picks up one of the guys and then Hangman picks up one of the guys on their shoulders double electric chairs here while Jungle Boy holds the hand and does that Lucha double jump and hits a double springboard clothesline doomsday device, which is just nuts. But that pin is broken up. But wow, what a spot that was. Uh, oh, yeah, look great. But somehow it's broken up. There's chaos everywhere. When Jungle Boy is left in the middle of the ring and gets hit with the high low and then Cole hits the boom. And just before Hangman can break it up, they stop him and Cole gets the win but yeah pretty fast paced match for the opening match it, it banged though Re- yeah really entertaining opener here um i mean you mentioned all the great spots the that triple moonsault and the doomsday device were awesome uh, i also feel it's been a while since we've started with a, a really hot opener on dynamite as well i think the last uh, i might be wrong but it, it feels the last little while we've been having kind of some talking segments or maybe a match that isn't as crazy as this like we used to have like the young bucks every week it felt like was doing some sort of crazy multi-man match so i liked it i think this is a good way to kick off the show um interesting there was no kind of dark order involvement or even real mention of them on commentary because that seemed to be um something they were building last week with dark order not being involved in this match um and I guess, like I'd assume, we're going to get another title match between Cole and Paige uh, pretty soon. Yeah, I would assume we get a rematch probably on Dynamite, another kind of big TV main event match that Hangman will have a defense on. Uh, and I see Hangman... Do you Hangman- do a gimmick to that? Like, add a stipulation or anything? True, you could. You could do uh, some sort of... What is what is Hangman? What is Cole done? Hardcore, street fights, whatever. Yeah. C- cage even, but... Yeah, uh, I thought this match was great. It definitely uh, put me in the good mood. And I, I, it was good to see Cole and Red Dragon kind of get the win and establish themselves still kind of showing that they could, he could beat, and any iteration of these guys could could get the titles from them. So it was a good tease for the story to continue. Uh, we go to Keith Lee backstage, and he's with, I'm glad that they just put Ricky Starks there with him this time. They're like, hey, he's here with him instead of just being in- interrupted because that's been Keith Lee's gimmick. So yeah, far. that they brought up that this is actually going to be a a conversation and that they both signed a no contact thing. 
So they're like, hey, we've been trying to do this a lot and it always breaks down. So we're having a talk and no contact. So, yeah, they mentioned that Keith Lee and Starks and he's like, hey, you showed up on Rampage. You put your hands on me. Hobbs is there, too. And they then announced that Keith Lee is going to be facing Max Caster on Rampage. Mm -hmm. So I was a little confused because I was like, well, wait, wouldn't you just set up? So instead, they're just still slowly building to, I guess, Ricky Starks. But uh, yeah. Yeah, Starks seems to have a problem with Keith Lee being on Rampage at all because he's saying, like, it's my show because, you know, he's on commentary and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, this, this feud is, I mean, I. I'm a broken record. It's I, I'm a bit tired of seeing Keith Lee just in his hoodie backstage every Wednesday. But um, I, I think the match could be cool. I, I think uh, Keith Lee does great Hoss matches. So building up to that eventual Hobbs match will be good. And I think they're just trying to, as a fan, be like, hey, you want to see this guy? You've got to watch Fridays. You've got to watch Rampage. They, they did do that with Punk for a bit. You know, like all of his first matches were on on rampage for a yeah. while and it's just the time slot sucks you know fri late friday night it's for me it, it's saturday daytime where i get around to watching it and by then it's it doesn't feel as immediate or necessary um as a fan as rampage as a whole uh, I, for me i yeah i actually really agree it's very rare that i check it out it's only in unless people kind of say hey there was some there was some good stuff. Uh, I do want to check out Swerve, but it, I've seen him and Tony Nese before, so I wasn't uh, kind of too excited, to be honest. But I, I do check it out when I can. But yeah, it isn't an awkward time. If if either you know people have the weekends off, maybe they so maybe so much don't want to watch wrestling on a Friday night. But uh, some people work as well. But yeah, uh, they will be on a later time um, this this week because of basketball and everything too. So yeah, yeah, tough, it could be slot. like after midnight, couldn't it? It could be yeah. really late this week so yeah not i i hope we do see a big dynamite match soon for keith lee um because i i want to see him out of this setting or at least in the ring you know actually cut a promo because oh. i think his promo style is very um kind of thought out it's not flashy but he he does have this charm and kind of quiet charisma about himself which i think at times it comes across like he can't be bothered. And I think this setting of him yeah. just being backstage with his kind of arms folded and just Ricky Starks talking at him and he's like kind of just nodding his head. It looks like he can't be bothered. Whereas I think if you put him in the ring to do one of these segments, um, he can project a bit more of his aura a bit more and have the, the chance from the crowd of Keith Lee and bask in his glory and all that. I think that's what we need, not necessarily have him wrestle, but if you're going to do a segment like this, put him put him out there in front of the crowd. I, I would I would rather see him wrestle than these really boring like also that you're building up this feud that I I can't really just like just fight already then. Just book that match. Uh but yeah. Uh our next match though is the team of the what, the violent people, the Yes, the but we did have a oh. a big a big moment. What did Chris we have? Chris Statlander took off her makeup. Oh fuck! How could I forget about this? Yeah, is she not video. an alien anymore? Is yeah. she just a human? Statlander, it's just a video, like a vignette, where she's wiping away the face paint, her alien face paint. Yeah, I'd be a little sad if she drops the alien gimmick. I think 
she she was getting to the point where it was just little things that it was like okay, but maybe she's completely changing things. It feels like she's turning heel. I mean, she told she was the baby face in a program where she told her friend, quote unquote, that it's her fault that she was like adopted adopted or something. So like she's a heel. So yeah, I, I like and, Statlander, but yeah, maybe this and is maybe a good move. distance herself from the get best friends a little and do more of her own thing and a bit of a character change. Um, and I, I think it would, cause she's got um, size on her. I think it would be good to have another sort of big dominant heel in the division. Cause I mean, by the end of the show, we've got a new baby face women's champion. And that probably means that Thunder Rosa is due a feud with Nyla Rose pretty soon because Nyla Rose is the women's division's cane, you know? So it, it could be a good idea to turn her. So you've got have her show off more of the kind of monster moves a bit rather than be so fan friendly and be a, a good foil for some of your baby faces. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea. Yeah, I'm a fan. She keeps improving. So uh, all for Statlander. But I do. Li- I did like the alien thing. Is she going to keep the name of her moves like the area 451? That's cl- that's pretty. That was pretty clever. To give her mm-hmm. that, give her that one. Uh, well, we go to the tag team match, which is the Regal Men. I still don't know what they're going to call themselves here, but so far the real Regal Men here. Regal Violence is what they should be called. Uh, Danielson and Moxley are going up against the team of Wheeler, Yuta, and Chucky T. Uh, Excalibur mentions that Chucky and Danielson have lots of history uh, on the independence. Uh, and meeting here is is quite interesting. Danielson beats up Yuta with a running knee to the gut and then some boots and then tags Moxley in who puts more boots to Wheeler Yuta. We know the history of Moxley just loving to beat the shit out of Wheeler Yuta for some reason. Uh, Chucky gets tagged in and starts beating up Brian and gets him in a submission hold and he puts him in a single leg crab, which uh, gets a pop because, I mean, it's Chucky T putting the master of submissions in a submission hold here. Brian eventually gets out of it and starts kicking him and puts him in some sort of like Muda lock or stretch move. And I started noticing now the, the unison and the, the trash talking like in sequence between Mox and Danielson, like how they're talking to each other now and like kick him. All right, I'll hold him here. You kick him in the head. And then Mox gets they're like the getting off on the other guy. Yeah. Hurting they're like, yeah, 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 like, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. I want to dig him. Boom. Yeah. Hit him. Yeah. 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 I swear it was like Mox like, yeah, Moodle, what are you putting him in? What do you, what move are you putting him in? It's like, yeah, they're like working each other. We go to break and they continue to work down. We get Yuda who comes in and fires back. When we come back from break, he finally takes down Mox Mox goes for something, but Yuda goes for his version of that lunatic lariat, which is funny because it's on Moxley, but it's countered into a huge lariat from Moxley. Eventually, Wheeler comes back with this awesome-looking German suplex and then uh, continues to fight back. And this is when you hear Danielson now, who's in the ring with him, says, Oh, yeah? Show me what you've got. So Yuda gives Danielson everything he's got, but Danielson eventually turns one of these moves into a regal plex, for a 2.9 count. This was great. And then Mox is back in and puts the bully choke on Yuta, who taps out. But yeah, what did you think of the match before we talk about the after angle? Yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, we got a lot more here um, than the other week against the, what was it, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry. Um, 
but I thought this match was more a showcase for Wheeler Yuta. I think he really showed what he's capable of, and I thought they gave him quite a lot. Like like doing the the spot you often see in the like in the G one, you know, you're getting the the kicks to the chest, and you're like, no, give me more, give me more. And I think this is where AEW is really good because you had, you know, that that devastating squash from Moxley to Utah last year, um, building up to that, uh, you know, the tournament, the Eliminator tournament for gear. And then they had another match where Utah got a little bit more in, but still lost. And now you've just, from this squash match, you've got this history between Utah and Moxley. And I think AEW's good at that with their, with remembering stuff that happened. They did it with, you know, Alan Angels having another match against Kenny and they bring back, well, remember they, they had that match, Alan Angels first match on Dynamite, that kind of thing. And I think it actually makes this story, uh, which we're going to get into with Utah way more interesting that it started with this, you know, 10 second win from Mox back in back last year. Yeah, no, they're, they're so good at, at callbacks to their own story. I mean, wrestling, when Monday Night Raw started, it's like they always say, oh, weekly episodic show. It's the longest, whatever. But like, they don't ever, you know, mention, you know, use the storylines that, that make sense. In WWE, it's all this Mickey Mouse booking, this monkey booking where it's like all over the place and nothing's like, nothing matters anyways. Whereas here, it's like all these little things like add up and, and make a story, right? Like, it, it makes sense why, because sometimes I, I'm, you watch when they're doing the, like a slap exchange or a chop exchange or whatever, and you go, why are you begging them to give you more? Okay, you're trying to prove you're tough. But in this case, it really makes sense because Yuta's been embarrassed by these people before, both of them. Right. And he's like, he's got to prove himself. It's like, oh man, I lost so, so badly last time. I've got to, I've got to really prove that I can go. So it, that explains the like, yeah, give me more, give me more. Um, give no, me, I, I thought this me. achieved a lot of things. Um, and as you mentioned, kind of the more the sort of synergy between Danielson and Moxley, how they're just not, not necessarily doing like double team moves, but just quick tag. So the other one can beat them up even more. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I like it. Honestly, I, I love the, the unit with Regal. Again, the visual of Regal walking out with Danielson is just crazy i'm like oh man i love wrestling but that seeing them and work we, here was great we didn't get we didn't get regal on was next commentary this week but we got him on commentary here yeah this is nuts i mean we've talked about this we do a show called was next it's retro nxt reviews and uh, a common thing on these shows we're in nxt in 2013 william regal does commentary for most of the the shows and he says a lot of interesting and funny things on these shows and sometimes gets away with some interesting things and we call them regalisms. So uh, I didn't quite get any regalisms here, but he was talking and getting in depth about, you know, why moves hurt and uh, all that stuff. So it, he did sound uh, pretty proper. I did think he sounded good. I thought he was going to start talking about his uh, iguanas twin daughters <laughs> at some point. <laughs> he means his iguanas, right? I think. I don't know. Right. I maybe. Don't know. Maybe he's got that. I don't know. Uh, I got to hear him on talk as Jericho still. I heard that's a interesting yeah. two-parter too. But uh, yeah. So after this match, we see the the best friends crew, meaning Orange Cassidy, Chucky e. T. Was Trent there? I'm sure he was there. Trent was there. Uh, and uh, Danhausen. Yeah, Pazuzu, the demon, just Pazuzu. chilling. And 
Wheeler goes to leave with them, but then he stops and he looks back at Regal and Mox and Danielson and he goes back down into the ring and kind of showing his, his like almost like his allegiance here. Like he wanted to, to just stand out. He goes to shake William Regal's hand in the middle of the ring. William Regal looks at it, smirks, and then slaps the ever-living shit out of Wheeler Yuta. His soul left his body, but Yuta fires back, looks right at him, doesn't hit him, but like almost headbutts him and just stares at him. And this is when Regal smiles again. And then uh, basically he's like, all right, all right, we'll see. So Danielson and Mox kind of standing beside Regal here, but... Very they're both just grinning away yeah. as well, aren't they? Yeah, they're like, ooh, yes, I love it when a plan comes together. But yeah, and Yuda Regal on commentary. Be... Yeah. Yeah, Regal was questioned about adding more people, and he's like, yeah, with the three of us, we'd love to uh, create more professional wrestlers here, like train up the best professional wrestlers. So it, it does look like that's the way it's going, and I'm all for it. I, I like where they're, they're going to go with this, and I want to see these uh, violent men. Uh, have more people join them. The pro wrestling squad, just the pro wrestlers. What would you call this group? Oh, violence, regal violence, men, violent by design. Wait, no, that's already happened. Violent by design. Uh, yeah, that's in impact. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, yeah. I know that they'll they'll get some more just people. Regals, regal men, men, regal men. Well, uh, well, maybe I'll mention them again later because there's another group that is uh, gonna gonna have some some things happen. But we go to FTR backstage, and they're they're pressed on uh, why they let Tully go, and they say, "Well, you know, Tully was with us and fired up when we were champions, but when when we lost the titles, Tully was just checked out." <laughs> And when you lose your focus, well, you lose your job. And then the Young Bucks walk in and say, hey, how does it feel that you guys will always be the second best tag team of all time? And, uh, yeah, they kind of tease, what, another uh, FTR Bucks match? But uh, Matt also says that the FTR needs to fire their stylist, uh, which is funny because Nick, Nick is dressed as a leprechaun. Oh yeah, and he's got his his Dangly. chain from his ear to his nose, like just looking absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, um, yeah. FTR uh, mentioned as well, um, like about finding the best there is. Like I felt there was maybe a little Bret Hart reference. Yeah, that maybe Bret Hart's going to start managing them, perhaps. But I found this whole Tully thing very strange because I'm pretty sure. If I remember correctly, last week it was Tully going, right, we need to focus on the tag titles. And Dax was like, my family, my family. So now it, it seems in reverse because this week he's like, Tully didn't seem to give a shit when we lost the tag titles and lost his focus. It it seems like a narrative that they're telling that hasn't really been portrayed on TV at all. Um, and it does feel very out of nowhere. Um, and maybe it is to just... Upgrade to Bret Hart, perhaps. <laughs> um, yeah, they're just gonna have Bret Hart as a manager. That like they have to be babyface then. It's very odd. Yeah, I, also, I think they are. I think I think that's what they're trying to do hmm. with the pinnacle being over. Like, um, 
obviously Wardlow's out the pinnacle, but FTR have had nothing to do with MJF, have they? No. Like when you look at the angle later and stuff. So I think it's their way of trying to babyface them and getting them away from Tully. But I don't think this is... I, it just feels... We were just complimenting this, like, Utah story, how it's how it's the little things that they they build over time. And this just doesn't feel like it's had any of that. There's not been any kind of tension in the matches with Tully and them or anything. Um, but it looks like we might get another Bucks FTR match coming up soon, which I'm, I'm totally down for. Yeah. Yeah. I would be, I would be super down for that. Uh, I, I would be interested in seeing Bret Hart just because, but why not let him team? And there's a story there with them always having Bret's back, you know? Um, but it's, it's kind of like another throwaway thing. It's like almost like they, they, they go to the promo before the audio is even up and then cut away really quickly, even like last mm. week. But yeah, we have the acclaimed backstage and Max Caster, Anthony Bowens are talking about how Max has his match against Keith Lee on Friday and talks about how he's not limitless. There's just no limit and he's a no limit soldier. And then, uh, team Taz are there again. Just Ricky Stark's gimmick is he interrupts people. He just can't help himself. He's there and he's talking about Keith Lee. And then Shane Strickland, Swerve, he shows up and says it's whose house? Swerve's house. And then walks off. And then uh, is it Caster who's like, hey, didn't that guy used to be a rapper? Isn't he a rapper? Is that, ain't, that guy, ain't that guy a rapper? So yeah. teasing, the, the, teasing the rap battles to come in AEW. But yeah, a little Yeah, maybe... Maybe we'll get a bit of a tag as well. Uh, Keith Lee and Swerve against what uh, Starks and Hobbs, maybe down the line. True, like intertwine these these two feuds. Um, but yeah, not not much to say on this really. Watch we Rampage, go- I guess. Yeah, <laughs> we go to the Jericho Appreciation Society. Judas hits the crowd here are loving it. They're hot for everything here tonight. And Judas is being sung loud and clear. Jericho and the gang come down here. And, well, it's Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, 2.0, and uh, Daniel Garcia. And we see Matt – is it Matt Lee on the microphone here? Yes. And he says, you like that song? You like that song, Judas? Well – there wouldn't be any Judas. There wouldn't be any of this. There wouldn't be anything if it wasn't for this man here. And not only his contributions for the industry, but his contributions as a human being. <laughs> Jericho grabs the mic and says, thank you very much. And he says, wow, there, the, the earth has been around for like 4 billion years. And you're lucky enough to be in the area, in the era of Jericho. You're, you're so lucky that you got to see me while you were alive. He says, my whole time here, I've never been appreciated. Even in the inner circle, I was never appreciated. I'm, I'm bigger than all those guys. I don't know why they had to turn themselves on, turn on me, but I'm rich. I'm successful. I could have made them even more rich and successful. Hell, I'm a millionaire and I'm not a pro wrestler. I'm a sports entertainer. And then boo from the crowd. And he goes, yeah, I'll say it again. I'm a sports entertainer. Boo. When Daniel Garcia grabs the mic from Jericho and he says, if you want to stand here, and call yourself a sports entertainer? 
Well, then I am too. Boo. I loved, uh, you, every, it was such a good tease. Everyone thought, no, Garcia needs to, no, he can't do this. What's, He's going to leave these guys. Yeah. He's about wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that got a lot of heat here. Jericho brings up not being appreciated and how a few years ago, did he say January 6th? It definitely had a lot of people's attention here, but he was, I guess he was talking about a different January 6th. When he mentions that a bunch of Buffalo wrestlers got in a car accident and they said he'd never walk or let alone wrestle. And yet here he is. And he says that Jericho actually, that himself, he actually donated to this uh, accident. So there would go fund me. And well, Garcia appreciates me. And then he goes on to talk about 2.0 and he says, you know what? Here in, in the Jericho Appreciation Society, uh, we're, we're all about, what does he mention? The new names? And he's like, we, he says, he, he reiterates the line he said when the, the inner circle was formed. He says, uh, 2.0 is a terrible name made by bad creative. Yeah. And, and we're going to call people by their real names here because we've got Jake Hager. And Daniel Garcia, their real names. So right. then he renames these people. But the the joke is, I, I believe they are called Matt Lee and Jeff, Jeff Parker, Parker yeah. in real life, I think. I, I don't remember what their real names are, but it's strange. I'm pretty sure, I did a Google, I'm pretty sure that's their real names and he's giving them ridiculous yeah, he's WWE, being WWE. names. Yeah, so, 100%. So he changes the names to... He changes 2.0's names to Daddy Magic and Cool Hands. Cool Hands Angelo, was it? Or like something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that is ridiculous. They've already changed their their twi- their like Twitters and stuff. Like right. that's Daddy Magic. Oh my god. That is insane. That's so funny. Uh Jericho then says, "See these two these two got fired from their old job, and my old best friend Kevin messaged me and asked me if I could have these two on Talk is Jericho so that I could get them jobs. And, well, I did that, and they remembered that, and they appreciate me. And then he mentions uh, Jake Hager being the hand of the king and that he always has his back, and all together – we can all appreciate Jericho. We are the J-A-S, says Hager. And Jericho ends with, that's entertainment. Yeah. Sorry, I've got it here. Matt Lee is now Daddy Magic, Matt Minard, and Jeff Parker is now Cool Hand Edge, Angelo Parker. Oh, my God. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I mean Jericho's doing the whole I'm WWE. I'm a super I'm a superstar. I'm a sports entertainer. I'm not a wrestler and all these people love me. I mean yeah. Yeah. giving people ridiculous names, giving people who are just legit great wrestlers, dumbing them down to sports entertainment. Right. Um Yeah, I I I get it. Like I and I I think it's it could be a fun gimmick. And we kind of mentioned this the other week. I think JAS is deliberately a bad name. And this kind of just confirms that from this promo that it's deliberately shit. You right. Know, Jericho yeah. Appreciation Society. It's a deliberately shit name um, because he's going for WWE. He's now WWE creative. He's sports entertainers. 
Um, I'm pretty sure over time you're going to see one of them, like Daniel Garcia is just going to go by Daniel moving forward and lose his last name or something like that. I, I can see them doing stuff like that. I, I am just a bit fatigued when it comes to Jericho with people in the ring. Like we're going to, it, we're going to just get the town councils and the, the parlays and the, all of that all over again, I feel. And I, I'm a, a little tired of it. Um, but I get what he's doing. But I, I did groan a few times during this as well. Uh, I did, but you mentioned that it could be fun. And that's definitely like parts of this that, especially the Garcia bit, but he's like deliberately trying to, uh, like, be annoying and be this WWE, like WWE ify it or whatever. But I didn't necessarily hate it because it did give me, it did make me laugh with a lot of the stuff. I like they're actually doing that, but I'm like, okay. I like the, I like the echoes of the, the that original inner circle promo where he's explaining why everyone is in his group. Right, and it is true. Like I listened to that talk is Jericho 2.0 did go on talk is Jericho pretty much right after they were released. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure Jericho mentioned about Kevin, like Kevin Owens kind of putting them together. Um, I, I don't know if the donation to Daniel Garcia's thing is true or not, it's probably um, true. but he also brought up, which I remember, I think he brought up maybe in that original inner circle promo about Jake Hager saving his life in, uh, he said Dubai, Dubai but I. He said Dubai, but I looked it up and it was Abu Dhabi. And I, I know we did do this before. Uh, and it was apparently they were out at in a club. It was like Jericho, Jake Hager, Primo and Epico and someone else. And um, this guy was being obnoxious. So Jericho like, like checked him, like barged into him against a wall, like walking past, like, you know, the shoulder block kind of thing. And then this guy confronted him later saying that his dad owns 27% of Dubai, of Abu Dhabi, and he's now got a hit on him and he's not going to be alive in the next 24 hours. Oh my God. So, and Hager like backed him up. So the whole next day, Jericho was like, you know what? It was probably full of shit, but I should probably stay in my hotel room today. <laughs> and he was like, by the end of the night, I'm like, ah, fuck it. I'm going out. And security was like, oh, I see you're still alive. Yeah, his dad doesn't own 27% of Abu Dhabi. He owns like 27% of the garage down the road. You're, you're fine. Uh, but he was like, Jake Hager was there for me then. So <laughs> I, I know it, I know it's something he mentioned before. And I remember then going like, what? Um, but yeah, funny, funny story. I, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested. Like Jericho, he, he got in even crazy shape. Uh, I loved the match with Eddie. I'm, I'm down. As long as we get some matches, like I think Jericho almost giving a rub to Garcia, giving him more of these, learn, teaching him like behind the scenes and stuff, like more sports entertainment stuff, like being a wrestler because the guy can already wrestle. But the in, the inevitable story of the the regal men, Mox and Danielson, yeah. like fishing Garcia from the Jericho appreciate, like that's going to be a huge story that will you, go on. You need... Yeah, you need Garcia to start being... Because he's normally just, you know, trunks and boots, right? Yeah. He needs to... Jericho changes his gear and starts giving him gear that just is stupid. You know, has him wrestle in, like, dress like Andre Chase, you know, like that kind yeah. of thing. Right. You need... I think they're the kind of elements, if that's what they're going for and being, you know, WWE, 
you need to do those things where you're taking away the stuff that makes these people special, but you're doing it to get a payoff, which is like a Garcia joining Mox and Danielson, that sort of yeah. thing. So I think it could work. And I think the more in the moment, I kind of hated this, but the more I'm sort of thinking about it and recapping it and looking at the lines again and that sort of thing, it is, it is smart. I just, as I said, I think, it, it could be a bit more fun if it was someone else because I'm just tired of seeing Jericho every week. I genuinely talking. Think, I I genuinely think it's part of a bigger picture. All in all, our chess pieces here to get Garcia over as a huge star. Honestly, yeah. that's what I'm seeing from this. Uh, because, yeah, it makes sense because these are this is all going to help make this guy uh, even bigger than he is. Yeah, we all know he's a sweet wrestler. He's had some cool matches here and there, but he's still so young and having like all this. Helping him and stuff like, yeah, he's the pet project 100% because, uh, I can't wait to see where, where he'll be in like a year following all of this and like the story and what Mox and them are doing and stuff. But yeah, uh, I'm super into and that. It, I mean, it worked for the inner circle. Look, you have, uh, Sammy, Sammy's doing well, Santana on Ortiz, uh, Hager had to stay behind a year. He's, he's doing his exams again. So he's having another go at it. You but, think Jericho's yeah. gonna, <laughs> Jericho's gonna start giving them NXT 2.0 gimmicks? Like, is that what, like, he's gonna what, give them gimmicks? Like, Garcia's gonna learn how to play poker. They all get their own talk shows. Yeah. Yeah. Jericho just needs the talk show back. He just can't call it. Yeah. What did he call his? Highlight reel? Highlight reel. Yeah. What can he call it now? Associ- uh, um, associ- with appreciation appreciation real yeah something yeah. like that yeah for sure the society something appreciate this i don't know yeah <laughs> i like it you're a holiday powerhouse you host the dinners shovel neighbors sidewalks and make everything from scratch you definitely don't need help making the holidays happen but duncan's holiday blend coffee a warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt especially the hot caffeinated kind America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We go to a video for Serena Deeb, who is talking about Hikaru Shida, who's returning back from her injury from Japan. Shida... Deep says, Shida, you mentioned that when you were training to get back in Japan, you were thinking about me all the time and staying focused. Well, Shida, 
I didn't think about you once. I've just been on my path of destruction and teaching these people. And she says that the professor is going to be responsible for ending your career. So Deeb and Sheeta rematch coming soon. But uh, I love that line. Deeb sounding like a true villain here. What's this, match five now? I don't know. Just inject it into my veins. I'll watch them fight all the time. Let's go. We, yeah, we, we need some sort of definitive blow off with this now. And yeah, I don't know whether you unsanctioned submission unsanctioned. Yeah. Yeah. Put Serena's hair on the line again, you know? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. We go to our next match, which is the TNT title match. The new champion Scorpio sky is defending against the face of the revolution. Meaning he won the ladder match at the pay-per-view and he gets this opportunity. Wardlow who, Gets to face Sky here, and right away Wardlow is just throwing Sky all around. Should mention Sky has his entourage of Dan Lambert and Paige Van Zant and her hubby. But I didn't notice. I noticed. I didn't see Ethan Page. Did you notice Ethan Page? No, no Ethan Page. Uh, but just War- Dan Lambert we- wearing the belt round yeah. his waist, looking like a right geek. Yeah, he's wearing the other title, right? Yeah. We get yeah. we get uh, Wardlow just throwing Sky all over the place, just body slamming him over to- Beal. What is it? The Beal toss? The Beal. The Beal. We get Paige Van Zant distracting Wardlow on the outside, and then starts to make out with her husband. Clearly, they saw last night on NXT all the making out with Indy. And oh Dex. yeah, it, it made news. TMZ. It did. TMZ yeah. randomly reporting that there was a lot of PDA on NXT. Well, here's some mm. PDA. Just Paige and her hubby going at it. When Sky Baseball slides, uh, he actually Wardlow goes to powerbomb this dude, but Scorpio breaks it up with a baseball slide. And then picture in picture, Sky beats down on Wardlow. When we come back, though, Wardlow gains advantage again, belly to belly, then a powerbomb, and a second one when. The chairman walks down the ramp, Sean Spears, distracting Wardlow, distracting everyone, allowing MJF to appear out of nowhere, nailing Wardlow with the ring, punch to the head, back in the ring, allowing all this to happen. And Scorpio uh, takes advantage of this and, well, gets the the pin. But, yeah, damn. Wow. Scorpio Sky retaining the title, but uh, MJF costing Wardlow his match and then afterwards there's a huge beatdown on Wardlow and uh I, I was I was a little sad that CM Punk didn't come out to save him. Yeah, he must be uh somewhere somewhere else in Chicago advertised for Rampage. Yeah, he didn't show up to work today, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, you saw MJF paying Lambert as well and there's um a, even a steel chair shot to the head of Wardlow to put him out. And uh, Austin, what's Austin Vanderfort, is it? Yeah. He put the, the sleeper, like the rear naked choke on Wardlow as well. So a right beat down. Um, but yeah, MJF's sacked off the pinnacle now and uh, has hired America top team uh, to help him. But I thought this was all a little flat, like the match, um, I didn't feel like Sky coming out really had much of a reaction and just the match didn't really work for me at all. Both are good. Like I, I'm quite into Wardlow at the moment and I think Scorpio Sky is a good wrestler, but this, I didn't feel the crowd really 
cared too much. And until the end with the tease of Wardlow about to powerbomb MJF, which got a great reaction, I thought this was a bit of a, just a flat segment for me. Look, it, it's, it's what we scouted was what was going to happen that we, we knew like, oh, well, MJF is going to be pissed at him. So obviously he's going to cost him a title match. Like it's, it's definitely what it, it just needs to happen for the story. And then this beat down here, which takes a, a whole village to take out Wardlow. I would like to see Punk next week on Dynamite be like, wow, hey, dude, like I wasn't there. But if I was, I, I would have had your back and, you know, I'll have your back. You could get a tag match. In here, but I think Punk will align himself, at least be friendly with Wardlow to kind of feud here. But I don't know. I think it's unfortunate for Sky that this match was immediately after him yeah. winning this. I think if he had a, like, sure, he, he could cheat to win at the end, but if he had more of a, you know, Sammy Guevara style match, like against, I mean, against a guy like that, where he gets a good dominant win. It, it would make him seem more credible after last week's win. But I think the thing is, you're seeing him being thrown around by Wardlow and really Wardlow should be the champion. You're not going to take this guy too seriously at all. And I think it just like diminishes him as champion and really makes him feel an afterthought. He's just a background piece in this uh, Wardlow MJF story where I feel in general... AEW are pretty good as having their champions feel somewhat prominent and the main character of their stories for the most part. So, yeah, I hope we don't see Scorpio Sky too linked with this because I do prefer those just weekly, like, good wrestling TNT championship defenses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Scorpio is can wrestle, but I, th- I think this was the... Ma- like, you wanted to protect Wardlow, so you didn't really want to get Scorpio to get too much in, but he just won, so it's kind of... The, the 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 paths are crossing a little too the streams don't like cross you could the do, streams you could do this in a few weeks maybe but just to have it right away as your first title defense where you're going yeah, yeah. you should have lost that uh well yeah i mean then that big beat down to wardlow so clearly this feud's going to continue i wonder if it's going to stretch all the way to double or nothing or just a big dynamite that has the first one-on-one encounter between them but the story is just beginning for sure yeah we go to Jade, the TBS champion, with Mark Sterling backstage, and they're talking about how she's about to have 30 wins, and who, since it's St. Patrick's Day, who's going to be lucky enough to have that opportunity? And ba- uh, sorry, Jade says it's not an opportunity. This is just charity, and says that it's that bitch show. All all in I green. Mean, who- all in green, by the way. Yeah. Oh, she looks great. Yeah. Um, who's going to step up? Who's the next challenger for Jade? Uh, I don't know, but uh, will it, can it be Statlander? No, she's not an alien anymore. So yeah, nanny, nanny, I, I don't nanny. know. There's. I feel Jade's already ran through a bunch of people. Where yeah, there's no one else. Who is there? Unless you're bringing in someone. But if you're bringing in someone, you it's you're probably going to bring them in to lose. I mean, you've got. Tegan Knox and Ember Moon still out there, haven't you? Mia Yim is out there. Uh, I think. I think. I know. I joke about AEW debuting people every week. Oh, but I, yeah. I think. I think <laughs> well, I, I think the women's division could do with it. Um, yeah, sure. Or do you go back to the Ruby Soho feud again? Uh, get her another shot at the TBS title because she's done nothing since losing that match against Jade. 
Yeah, true. I forgot she was kind of in the company until I saw the scroll of dark and elevation results and it said Ruby Soho. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's there. Yeah. Well, we go to our next match. Oh, my God. Is that private party? Shots. Outcome private party. I missed their old theme. Their, their first theme was better, I think. What was their first theme? Fuck, we used to make this fun of it. This is a private party. party. You are a private party. We are a private party. This is a private party. This is a private party. Everybody, private I guess, party. I guess it gets annoying real quick. That's why they're like, yo, let's do the one that's just shots. shots These guys shots. got annoying real quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, private party are having the uh, in- incredible opportunity here of a lifetime i'm sure for them a dream match of sorts because the the private party are going up against the hardys in uh their aew debut here in a tag team match that's right private party versus the hardys the private hardy versus private party we get uh, well I, first of all i love all the memes and everything from last week with Jeff coming and doing the dance. It's fucking good. Even Jeff no- is in on it now. Jeff's like, yeah, you know, I had to get it in. Like, what do you, yeah, like, like he's been, he's been doing it even more now, knowing like, yeah, that was pretty funny. Cause I watched Botchamania and it's already in the intro of Botchamania right. and I lost it. I almost fell over laughing. So yeah, uh, probably one of my top 10 mo- moments of wrestling of the, it's just up there because it's just so funny with him coming out there dancing while his brother's just getting beat up. Hilarious. Uh, well, the Hardys do their dance, of course, here. They're in their like almost old Hardy boys gear. Uh, looking, looking old, but you know, looking all right because I, yeah, I, ca- I kind of wanted Jeff to wear. His old gear, rather than the face paint right. and the sleeves. I kind of wanted him in the, you know, the cutoff, like, I don't know. I used to steal my dad's socks and cut holes in them and wear them on my arms. Right. Like a hardy boy. Right. But you had you had Matt in his Michael Hayes t-shirt and combats. You needed Jeff in that as well. What was that stat we found on on Twitter earlier? Something about Jeff Hardy? Jeff's like four years older than Michael Hayes or some five years older. What? Than when Michael Hayes was their manager. Okay, yeah. yeah, sorry. I see this here. Jeff Hardy is five years older now than Michael Hayes was when he managed the Hardys in 1999. That's crazy. Wow. Because I thought, I thought uh, Jeff looked pretty good here because this is the first time seeing him wrestle for me in a while. And uh, the Hardys are hitting all their classic moves when they gain. You know, I would, if Michael Hayes were to be in a round of cuts, like, yeah, you have oh, to do it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, you have yeah. to. Yeah, 100%. Um, well, the Hardys are hitting all their moves, like the classic like double wheelbarrow slam, and then the poetry in motion. And hey, Jeff hit it. It looked pretty good. We get Matt Hardy going for the Splash Mountain, a.k.a. the Razor's Edge. Rip Razor. But he, he can't get it. I think Isaiah gets out of that there. Um, re- there's like a, a blind... Jeff tries to get in, but Private Party are beating up on Matt, and the ref is like trying to get Jeff back into the corner which allow a distraction for private party to simultaneously pull each of Matt's legs down and pull him balls first into the turnbuckle post. And then <laughs> is it uh, Cassidy who looks at the camera and starts saying, he ain't going to have no more kids. He ain't having no more kids. No more kids. No more kids, which uh, I laughed because, yeah, Matt Hardy has 
a lot of kids. They go to picture in picture when Private Party are now beating down on Matt Hardy, tagging in and out, hitting a series of their own moves here. When we come back, there's a huge tope from Mark Quinn to the outside onto Matt. This looked awesome, dumping on him there. Back in the ring, we have both of them still beating up on Matt, and then they set up for poetry in motion when Isaiah Cassidy looks at Jeff and starts doing his dance, which pisses him off, goes to run up the back of his partner, but it's then countered from Matt into a side effect onto the other guy. Hot tag to Jeff. San Antonio's lit for him here, and Jeff hits a beautiful side Russian leg sweep into that sitting out pinning combo thing i mean this thing's Mm -hmm. awesome i don't know how people jr is like i don't know how people get out of that but like yeah i I know your favorite wrestling move is the side russian leg sweep what are you how do you he does have a nice side russian leg sweep yeah i like how he rolls through with it it's 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 smooth yeah we get then jeff going up top but they stop him so now he's on the second rope so he hits his splash for a two count there's then a twist of fate that's blocked but then while Jeff's on the apron with, I think, uh, is it Isaiah Cassidy? Uh, we see Matt finally hit the twist of fate and Jeff hit the twist of fate like stunner in between the ropes, which then sets up for the Swanton Bomb. One, two, three. The Hardys beat the party on AEW. But, uh, I, I've mentioned before, huge Hardy Boys fan, but I thought this was pretty good. And I, you know, private party were buzzing. Your whole dream was like, I want to be these guys. I want to wrestle these guys. And they finally did it here live on TV. And uh, I I thought this was a pretty good little match. Didn't disappoint. Oh, yeah. So many tag teams there are going to be really excited to face these guys. Um, Yeah, like I, I, you know, I've said it before. I like the Hardys back in early 2000, late 90s. They're they're fine. Like I I get why people are excited about it. this was just Hardy Boy's greatest hits for me. Uh, I can't say it was anything spectacular, but I think it it didn't need to be. Like the crowd just want to see them hit their poetry in motion, their their old moves, and that the match isn't really too heated either. The proof is going to be when it comes to a pay per view in an actual kind of heated feud, and they go a bit longer, like a fifteen twenty minute match. Can these guys like keep up with them? And and that's what I'm looking forward to seeing from these. Can they? We've seen them do this. This is very much their WWE style matches. Can they turn it up another gear and and grab me? But as far as just seeing the Hardy Boys doing Hardy Boys stuff, yeah, it's it's fine. It's cool, but um, it's it wear thin if it's just this every week. Well, I, I would say the same thing because I, I did – like, look, I actually really like this. But then they, they get some interest because after the match, Andrade family office – so now it's what? The AFO? Fuck. AFO, yeah. Yeah. AFO come down and it's almost like they're about to attack when the Hardys are saved by Darby and Sting who rush the ring with them. So they have like a stare down. But yeah, the the visual of Jeff next to Darby is also super cool because of the face paint and Sting and everything. And but yeah, there's so many different things that gets us thinking. Like a Jeff versus Darby, I think I mentioned like right away that has to happen. Just Jeff teaming with Darby and Sting and Matt versus any uh, group of people. Like yeah, that sounds great. But this was this was my favorite. I, I am a I'm a huge Hardy Boys fan, and this was probably my favorite part of the show. Just seeing them have a a, a match that that 
that slap for me. So, uh, but interested in seeing Darby tie up with Sting and Jeff in any iteration there. I think we'll probably see Hardy's versus Butcher and the Blade next week. Um, and you could always build to Hardy's versus Sting and Darby more as like a, a mutual respect kind of thing, like we saw with Punk and Darby, you know, but that that could be something you could say for the pay-per-view, maybe. Uh, and someone in Twitch chat's letting us know that Jeff Hardy did the side Russian leg sweep while wearing the colors of Ukraine. And I just looked on Twitter, and yeah, I didn't even realize that uh, the, the, the color scheme and the yeah, face the, paint, wasn't it? Oh, the face paint, right, yeah. He had the blue sleeves, but yeah, he was blue and yellow, wasn't it? Yeah, blue and yellow for Ukraine. So hey, shout out Jeff Hardy. That's fucking rad, man. Uh, yeah, this was cool, and I, I can't wait to see just Jeff versus Darby. That's probably a pay-per-view, or just a huge dynamite. Make it a ladder match. You get JR saying, go on, Darby, make yourself famous. <laughs> book it chef's kiss do it uh we go to a little insert promo from red velvet who mentions her match with layla this friday on rampage and she's heated she doesn't know why she i, I mean it's she's she was the one who was friends with statlander who was the asshole in this so i don't know what red velvet's on about i mean layla hirsch did use a turnbuckle and oh, right. crack her in the head oh, with right. it and yeah, then beat yeah. her down after the match and yeah. all that stuff. True. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Well, people say mean things when they're fighting, you know, if someone's being a dick to me for a long time, I might, might say something I regret. And then you might smack him in the head with a metal. No, I, I'm wrench. defending Statlander okay, here. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's going to have Layla versus Red Velvet on Rampage, as well as Darby versus The Butcher, House of Black versus Bear Country, and Fuego del Sol. That's weird. And then Keith Lee versus Max Caster. So, yeah. Uh, and then we go to our main event here for the St. Patrick's Day Slam. The cage match. The rubber match here between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, AEW Women's Championship on the line. And we see the cage is lowered. They have cage music when it's lowered. That's great. And then we get the mariachi band, all-female mariachi band for Thunder Rosa here, which was just great. They play a little ditty, and then her music hits as she comes out all fired up. The crowd here is hot, as she, I'm assuming, is from San Antonio because Justin Roberts kind of says that. Right? She is from there? Yeah, Yeah. she's close there, yeah. From there, yeah, around there. She gets a huge reaction. And then out comes the champion, Britt Baker. She doesn't have her friends with her to help her. Reba and Hater can't help her in this match because it's a cage match. We have Britt with the Razor Ramon gear with the drip uh, as well here. So more Razor shout-outs. She always has that, actually. But now it's like a a white and black. So – you know, there's going to be blood when she wears white. And Rosa with Stone Cold 316. Yeah, her. Rosa with some sweet, like, was it like, uh, she had the Puerto Rican flag, I think. Uh, mm. But then she had 316 on, on her gear as well for 316. And full baby. makeup as well. She normally does the half face. but Right, full yeah. Thing. She was getting tips from Jeff backstage. And yeah. he's like, this is how you do the full thing, right? Yeah. Well, this match starts off, and Thunder is heated. She's throwing Britt into the cage face first, and then starts beating down on her. And we see already Britt is bleeding pretty early on. We go to picture-in-picture while Britt now fights back and throws Thunder into the cage. And when you know it, she's bleeding, even with all that face paint on. We get Britt grabbing a bunch of chairs, but then 
Thunder grabs them and beats her up with them. There's a stunner from Rosa, 316 day, and then a drop kick into the corner and then another one. Britt accidentally clocks the referee who drops and falls to the outside. So he's out. When Okay, this is this is Paul Turner, right? Yeah, I think he so. He eats a super kick. Right. And goes to his knee and stands up. Paul Turner, the ref. We're so used to seeing refs just get like slightly punched or like slightly knocked and they're down for ages. Paul Turner eats a super kick to the face and like stands up right away, but then gets smacked into a second time. Look at him selling or no selling, whatever way you want to look yeah, at it. Yeah, I mean, Dolph Ziggler <laughs> won a match with a super kick last night. Just yeah. say. <laughs> so, yeah, this ref... He's is, got a better super kick, I guess, than Yeah, Brit. Brit's super kick isn't uh, as strong. You'd think, I mean, Adam Cole has a lot of super kicks, too. She's exactly, a lot of super kicks. They're not effective. Uh, so the ref Can't is be ev- doing that at Control Your Narrative, either. No, no super kicks. <laughs> the ref is eventually out of the cage, like, laying down at the bottom there. Like, he is out... So Rosa picks up Britt and hits the Fire Thunder driver, but there's no referee to make the count. They continue to brawl, and then now there's a whole pack of chairs. Britt gets back up, just a pile of chairs. They're fighting on the top turnbuckle, and Britt hits an avalanche air raid crash onto the pile of chairs when Aubrey, the ref, runs down her best, uh, what, uh, Charles Robinson just running, yeah. running, sprinting, sprinting down there. Get out of the way, uh, crew people. Pushes the Dave Grohl dude out of the way. Gets in there, counts it, but it's a kick out. Only a two. The crowd bit on it here. Britt then sets up not a pile of chairs, but almost like a pyramid of chairs. Is that the best way yeah. to describe it? a pyramid scheme of chairs? <laughs> yeah pretty much like three or four levels to this thing yeah there's layers to this shit and brit sets all of this like like a stack of cards almost like a house of cards but yeah it's just chairs and then eventually sets all of that up and now they're both battling on another top turnbuckle near this chair pyramid when they're battling and punching and brit gets punched and falls backwards onto all these chairs looks very painful uh, and then Rosa kind of jumps, but kind of just falls on her almost. I don't know what that part was, but goes for the pin. But it's a kick out again. The Crowder going nuts. Eventually, Brit I think she up. was going for a splash, I think. But yeah. it was just a little awkward because all those chairs were still there. Yeah. Uh, but Britt kicks out of that. But somehow Britt gets to her feet and fights back and then grabs thumbtacks, just like their match a year ago. And spreads the thumbtacks, and then now these two are countering moves to try to slam each other. There's backdrops. Then there's what the the lockjaw, and then the hand is getting slammed into the like the the pile of tacks. So yeah, Britt goes for the lockjaw, but Rosa starts biting down on the on the fingers. So she tries to lock it in the other way, but it it exposes her hand. So Rosa frees herself by just slamming Britt's hand into these tacks. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a pretty pretty smart spot, actually. Yeah, it looked nasty as she's slamming her hand into these thumbtacks. Eventually gets out of the move and then power bombs Brit onto the thumbtacks. Somehow Brit gets up from this and grabs a chair. And then Rosa just gets a chair shot to the head. But then she's okay. Gets Britt back in the ring. The tacks are still now sprinkled just pretty much everywhere. Fire Thunder Driver into some of the tacks. One, two, three. 
brand new AEW Women's Champ, Thunder Rosa, as Ref Aubrey here is just pulling tacks out of her whole arm here. Look nasty, but yeah, lots of blood in this match and a new champ. Yeah, I, I liked it. I think it definitely, um, this was the right time to pull the trigger on Thunder Rosa. Like the, the reaction she was getting from the crowd was great. And this felt like way more deserving than the one at the pay-per-view. Um, this, this definitely kind of made up for that. And I think the setting with the cage and everything. And actually, I, I was worried when Aubrey came out, I saw that door was left open. I thought we were going to get a, a rebel or, or Jamie Hayter run in. And I'm pleased we didn't get that. It was just one-on-one, one, the whole thing. Um, they brought the violence again, the blood. Uh, I feel that they were they were really rushed for time by the end of this. And I, I think it would have been good if you shaved something else off in the show to give them a little longer because the ending, and I think that kind of explains the, the no-sell of the powerbomb and the chair shot because they're just getting to the end of the match. You didn't really have that moment of of Rosa holding the title to really like settle in before the end of the show. It was just kind of her pose, her posing, Dustin Rhodes in there for some reason, <laughs> and then the end. Um, but I liked it. But also, I I kind of liked the. I sort of liked the, even though I, I said it maybe because they were rushing for time. I kind of liked the no selling of the power bomb and the chair shot because it's almost like. They're just brawling and they're going until they, their last energy's gone and that adrenaline kicking in. So you're not even feeling stuff like thumbtacks at that moment or shots to the head. Um, it was it had this like weird desperation to it. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the match and I, I think it's time for a new, a new champion. Yeah, I enjoyed the match as well. It was way better than the the pay-per-view match between the two. But the the no-selling was weird. I was wrong about the flag, by the way. It was the Texas flag. Thank you in the Twitch chat. But yeah. um, Okay. But yeah, I still thought it had some cool stuff, uh, especially towards the end. I was super getting into it. So uh, still a a pretty banging match. I feel like a a dick, but I still think my highlight was the Hardy Boys uh, just seeing them fight Private Party. I thought that was a cool moment as well, but I still really like that. I also thought when when Rosa comes out, they have this mariachi band. She's the crowd are super hot for her and then she eventually like goes on to win this match and it's like, man, and WWE wanted you to be a ref. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Uh but yeah. Yeah, I, she's had quite the week actually. She saw her I think her son's wrestling debut was this week. Um, yeah, she was posting some pictures and he was wearing like, uh, Rosa's like makeup, like the half face, um, like what are they called? Uh, sugar skulls, uh, makeup as well. So he had his debut this week and and she won the title. Uh, yeah, this was my match of the night. I, I really enjoyed this. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like this. I like this episode. Honestly, it's every time there's a a pay per view ends, it's like the next chapter in the the series. It's like almost like the new season of what what's going to come up for the next little like quarter of the year or whatever. And that's definitely where we 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 showed like we so we we showed that Hangman and Cole are still in this like little bit of a rivalry. We know that Moxley, Regal, and Danielson have this little unit, this team, this camp that they're creating and Yuta joining that. So there's some like interest there. We have a whole new group with Jericho and his uh, new sports entertainers and that whole story with Garcia. 
like everything's oh Wardlow MJF like everything's like gonna move kind of forward yeah. so and a new women's champ so like everything's kind of everything seems like it's gonna it, be fresh it didn't feel quite as frantic as well this week I think they they cut down they didn't try and insert so many segments it yeah. felt because it definitely didn't feel like a hurricane like it does some weeks where you're just moving from place to place and like all right what's going out what, what's happening what's happening uh, there were maybe a couple less matches than usual or a few less segments. Um, but it was nice to have a week to kind of just just breathe a little bit. They weren't shooting angle after angle after angle. It was more like progression. And I thought that was good. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, and I like seeing the Hardy Boys. It was lit. Uh, so that was Dynamite. And they haven't announced anything for next week, but I did mention what they had on, uh, on Rampage. So... Uh, don't know what we'll, what we'll get, but I'm sure they will because they they like dropping some of the stuff they have hype like throughout the week. They're pretty good at that. Like I like when I know mm. what's kind of coming up. But uh, yeah, that was dynamite. I hope uh, you guys enjoyed it and enjoyed us talking all about it. You want to hear us talk more about it? Of course, we do. Up next every week, we do these shows live on Twitch and then we put them up on the free feed. So join us twitch.tv slash up next podcast every Tuesday night, every Wednesday night, ten fifteen p.m. Eastern Time. And of course, patreon.com slash up next for all these other podcasts that we do, the best matches ever, the was next, movie reviews, everything. It's a St. Patrick's Day slam, meaning we're going to talk all about some Leprechaun uh, as well this week. So, so many uh, podcasts. And uh, for any people who are looking to hang around either, what, Leeds or Toronto, we have some events that you should... Uh, be looking forward to uh because i know david you're gonna be doing stuff with the grapple boys and uh doing that in leeds for wrestlemania weekend right yep ticket 750 um at the northern monk brewery on the sunday wrestlemania sunday the 3rd of april it'll be uh grapple bwe and up next uh three live podcasts get a hangout with with all your friends, friends, and and then go off to see WrestleMania at the walkabout uh, later that night. So should be a great day full of beer, full of fun. Um, go get your tickets. Uh, the, the link is in the description of this podcast. Uh, or just search uh, Brit Res Podcasting Isn't Dead on Google and it will come up for you. Yeah, and uh, Toronto peeps, I am going to be doing a WrestleMania party night two for WrestleMania this Sunday at Sneaky D's in Toronto. Yes. So come make some friends, have some nachos, watch some wrestling. We gave away some prizes last time, including a replica AEW title and some Kenny figures and some tag title replicas. And who knows what prizes and games we might have uh, this time. And uh, I can't wait to see anybody in the GTA area come through and at Up Next Podcast and join the Up Next group on Facebook, the page and all that stuff. Go give us a like and all that stuff. All the little things uh, help us out and matter. But uh, you matter. You. Thank you for listening to us in your ears. We'll be back with all the other shows. And uh, listen to Shot in the Dark free on this feed as well. In 15 minutes or less, Cena will fill you in on all the other stuff. And last thing, we've we've. I know Cena. Sorry, no, go no, for go, it. no, no, go for it, go for it. I was going to say, I know Cena's genuinely mad because we've got some ads now that you might be hearing on these podcasts, That's right? And it pushed Shot in the Dark from 15 minutes to 17 minutes, and he's pissed because he's he manages to get it all in every week, right? But it, it bumped it over the time. Well, he could be a true pro and cut 
his showdown to match the 15 minutes. So that's what you yeah. do in radio. You have to always match the, the times. Ads, you know, we're trying to get, we got to make sure we give them that six cents a week for the show, you know? The thing is, we don't know when the ads are coming till after the thing, do we? I don't, I don't know how it works. Exactly, exactly. How do they make it's the just, donuts? You... How do you make the donuts? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I was, I, fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. But, Sorry. That's uh, all right. It's okay. Um, yeah, that's it, guys. We're going to get out of here. But I, myself, Braden Harrington, you can find me on Twitter and I'm on Instagram. I am at the Bray D. And I am at Davy Portman. That's it. That's all. Take care. Goodbye. Be safe. And that's entertainment. Ahoy! Hey there, BreezeLine has a holiday gift just for you. One month of free internet for all your family's gift sites, book flights, and movie nights. Get reliable, fast internet with speeds starting at 100 megabits per second for just $19.99 a month. Plus, free Wi-Fi your way home for the first 12 months. And your first month is free. BreezeLine wishes you all a happy and bright holiday season. If only they could give you a little holiday relief from all the matching family outfits. Service subject to availability. New residential customers in select areas only. Visit BreezeLine.com for complete offer details. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.